What's up? It's your pal when she gets the kiss, and this is the bar is low. Every episode, we take a look at a fan fiction or a collection of fan fictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly they're bad. Guys, just stop writing incest porn. Just stop. This fun for the whole family series, which we talk about exclusively Fire Nation incest. This series is pushing me to my limits, which it's fun, but like at the same time, stop. Just stop. So on the list today, we have six fics. They're going to be Azula and Ozai for the first four, and none of these are particularly graphic, but they're nasty in other ways, believe me. Then we're going to get some uh, mom coming in there for the last two, and things are going to get pretty pornographic with her. And not really a lot of Zuko today, but considering the insanity that was the last fun for the whole family episode, he deserves a break. Really, it's Azula's turn to suffer this week, even though he will be in the last fic. Let's start with Daddy's Promise. Brace yourselves, there's a whole lot of daddy in this one. I hate it already, it's called Daddy's Promise. I fucking hate my life. Okay, the writing itself is pretty well done and eloquent, but there's no punctuation at the end of the quotations, which is like a big thing for me that gives away amateurs. I find it kind of weird. Like when I'm purposely trying to write shitty, the first thing I do is just drop all the commas and the punctuations inside the quotation marks. So I just thought that was kind of weird because the rest of the writing is pretty good actually. So basically, Ozai just wants to fuck his daughter because that's how it be sometimes. And like, it's a lust thing too. It's not raping her to exert his authority like incest tends to be a lot, especially when you're talking about this pairing. A lot of this internal monologue is just him being like, I want to fuck her, but like, I shouldn't. I I mean, I respect her. Like, she's not a whore like her goddamn mother. Goddamn whore. Fucking whore. So he, he corners her in her room. And she's like, I wonder why he's here. Well, can't be that bad. Oh my god. The, god the, the things you guys do to poor Azula. Like, she already had a fucking psychotic break after a lifetime of abuse. Now you gotta do this too? I'm gonna read a little brief quote. His daughter looked good enough to eat, if he should say so himself. I am viciously uncomfortable. Viciously. So basically, it goes down like this. Oh, did you need something from me? Why, yes I did. As you know, I would do anything you ask of me, father. Oh, is that so? Well, I believe you will enjoy this. So this whole time he's like been creepily touching her shoulders, but now he's like, it's make out time, bitch. And Azula's like, oh, what the fuck? So, oh my God, this part, she says, very confused, not quite sure what she's asking for from him to stop, to continue to, I don't know, but she says father to get his attention, but he corrects her and he says, daddy, you're going to call me daddy now. I fucking screamed at this line. I just lost it. I am gonna find these authors and sledgehammer their laptops and I'm gonna fling myself into the sun. I'm gonna read the quote that ends this particular fic. It's nice and painful. Very instant, that word. Daddy. <laughs> Graced his ears. He hungered to hear it again. And he would. 
Of this, the Fire Lord was certain, seizing the princess with a bit more force than was necessary. Uzlay pulled her close until her small body was flush against his. Do you feel, little princess? Do you feel what you do to me? So that she could feel how he desired her. All the evidence she needed jutting into her soft skin. Way to go, boy. Oh my god. Impatient as well as painfully aroused. Ozai practically tossed his daughter onto the nearby bed and silently reveled in the thrill of victory. <laughs> Overpowered. That's all the little princess, capitalized for some reason, could feel. A feeling. Wow, that's good writing there. Way to use feel twice in the same sentence. A feeling she was all too familiar with around the fire lord. He was always showing her things. Wow, that's really vague. And here he was again. Though this was clearly different. It was all becoming a blur for Azula. Questions like, do I want this? Is this what daddy used to do to mother? Remaining unanswered, the blare of life's music in her ears overpowering. The life's music. Okay, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but alright. Questions of why and when and want were stripped away along with her robe. Overpowered by a feeling she hated, a feeling she promised to never feel again. After what father showed her before in the dungeons. How to make sense of the screams. Helplessness. But just as the princess had learned to smirk at the screams of peasants, she would learn to enjoy this too. Daddy's promise. This how it ends. Welcome to I Want to Die Central. My opinion on this, unnecessary. Why did this have to happen? Someone decided, you know what? The world would be a better place if I wrote this. No, you're, why? Why did you think this was a good idea? Now we're gonna get nasty in other ways, and we're gonna continue being nasty about that for uh, a while. And it's gonna be a theme this episode, unfortunately. So the summary just cues you right the fuck in. Let's talk about inbreeding. So we can understand why it's bad beyond just the fucking grossness of it at a basic level. So firstly, yes, incest is something that people do, but universally in every society, it is taboo. And that's because of evolution, because when you inbreed, the genes that run in the family will accumulate because all the family members share alleles. These can be rare diseases or something, which is the case with like basically all of European royalty at one point, they all had hemophilia genes. But when you breed with someone who's not a genetic relative, they probably don't have the same alleles as you, and your kid will be normal. So some royal families have traditionally inbred to keep their bloodlines pure, like I mentioned about European royal families. But that's how you get sickly children who are all like mentally ill and deformed and have hemophilia or some other shit. Basically, the children of everyone who fucked their siblings all died because they were infertile or diseased, and the ones with genetic variability lived because their parents were grossed out by the whole incest thing, which is a trait they passed on. And that is why literally no society is like, fuck yeah, incest. Since a lot of incest is non-consensual and rape is about power and not sex, that explains why some people actually do it, but for the fuck, 
for the love of God. Even if you were talking about royal families, which have inbred a lot over time, it's not about, you know, having children with your cousins or your your fucking daughter here. Don't use that excuse on me. Don't use the buff there, the royal family. Of course they inbreed. Lots of royal families inbreed. Don't use that excuse. That's bullshit. Because he can find her a good nobleman who have children with her or some shit. I don't know. Clearly they did that in the past. His wife, they were like, this is a totally unrelated person. Noble bloodline. Let's fucking breed with her or some shit. He doesn't have to be the one to fuck her. My point is made. So thick. Your boy here. He's been disgraced by his son, but his daughter, as we all know, he is rather fond of in more than one way, and he wants his true heir to the throne to be born through her because fuck you. That's how you get deformed and infertile children. Like, what are you gonna do when the second Phoenix King can't have babies because he's inbred? Who's gonna get the throne then, you bitch? So she can't inherit the throne from him because she's a girl, you know, even though, you know, he let her canonically be the Fire Lord. Like, don't use that bullshit to justify this absolutely repulsive premise. So here we go. He goes to meet Azula in her quarters. They spend kind of a ridiculously long time talking about, like, the random OCs guarding her room. But hey, if it's either this or graphic sex between Azula and Ozai, then I'll take the random guard OCs any fucking time and any fucking day. So he enters, and this is actually not very graphic at all, but that doesn't mean I'm not suffering. She's tied up according to his request, and he's like, oh, yes, nice. And he keeps comparing her to Ursa, which, uh, okay, I guess if they're gonna be married now, because fuck you. He literally, he's like, yes, my new wife, in, in the narration at one point. Boy, get your shit together. Get your fucking life together, Ozai, for fuck's sake. And so you, you know how she's like um, 14 years old? You, you remember that? It's just for being a fucking 14-year-old? Well, he wishes that her body was, I'm going to quote this, more mature to grow his seed. The S word. Uh, cursed word. I hate that word so much. Seed. Ew. Just no. This wasn't gross enough already. But time is of the essence and shit, y'all, because this is a pre-finale. Thick. So I guess before a royal heir is conceived, there's a weird ritual and he like gently cuts her with a sword or something because otherwise it would be really gross, but like he cuts her with a sword, it's not gross to have sex with her and like conceive a child with her. Like, okay, okay, that's, that's nice. And then begins to quote the longest and greatest night of his life, and it ends there. And I am, I am glad they spared me the details of the length and the greatness of that night because, oh, again, unnecessary, so unnecessary. Just inbreeding is bad, and raping your daughter is also bad. Raping your son is also bad. Raping anyone is bad, and. Inbreeding is bad. Don't rape people and don't inbreed. Real simple. 
We're going to continue along this road a little bit. Oh man, this next author, I have to talk about her profile because I wanted to do an author review of this particular individual originally, and I recorded bits and pieces of two different versions of it, but both of them were actually mostly me just screaming about her profile, whereas the focus should really be on her writing. That being said, I still can't not talk about her, and oh my god, if you have the time to visit her page, do so if you like want to risk having an aneurysm because this bitch is insane but i'm gonna go over the basics of how insane this girl is her name is passionworks real name is sarah i'm gonna be saying both passionworks here basically ships azula with every guy in the series more or less and as you might have guessed given the nature of this episode yeah that includes her relatives now every guy you ask why not just say fucking and pair her with the whole damn cast might as well considering you're already halfway there well passionworks does not like gay people not one fucking bit she's a born again christian and she wants you to know that homosexuality is a sin in the eyes of god and therefore she refuses to write or read about it okay to be fair there's a ton of incest in the bible not a lot of gay stuff okay okay i see where you're coming from here but this bitch will not get her head out of her ass so in her eyes it's okay for ozai to rape his daughter that's perfectly acceptable subject matter right there. But if he rapes his son, oh fuck that, that's fucking disgusting. You people with your gay sex make me fucking sick. Marriage is one man and one woman and so is rape. I fucking guess. And like, okay, I guess she thinks that Ozula is okay to write about. You know, uh, that's, fuck this, it has a ship name. Fuck you. Fuck everything. But if you want to write some nice, wholesome, like, Taizula fluff, like, oh, God, lesbians, oh, no. That crosses the line, you guys. Incestuous heterosexual rape is just so much morally superior to incestuous gay rape or even a loving gay relationship, you know? If anything, straight incest is worse because you can get pregnant from that, which is a theme she explores. Because fuck you. Now, a lot of authors I am disgusted by, like, okay, if you want to write an incestuous threesome, okay, that's nasty as fuck, but, like, I guess do your thing. Like, we've all got our sexual deviances and a browser history we want to hide and everything, but from the bottom of my heart, fuck you, passion works. I mean it. Not fuck you as much as the guy who wrote about children being raped by Pokemon, because fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. He should have a cactus shoved up his ass or something. I don't know. But fuck you, passion works. You shouldn't be forced to read gay porn forever. And lesbian porn. But who knows? Maybe she'd enjoy that because perhaps she's a, a repressed lesbian. Like, I mean, she's awfully fixated on this Azula character and writes about her with all these dudes. And you sure seem like you like this girl a lot. Seems a little bit gay to me. A lot of straight women write about gay guys doing it, but you're writing erotica about another woman. I just think that's a little bit gay, Sarah. But let's get started, shall we? With this context in mind. So your pal Passionworks has an OTP that she stands. It's not quite as weird as mine, but it's not one you're going to see every day. Yes, it is Shanzula. She ships Azula with that random fuckboy from the beach. I guess they were canon for like... A few seconds so that was nice she's into that she wants them to have little babies together because fuck you i mean it's better than her you know having incest babies but okay control is the one we're talking about right now there is chanzula in this one but it is mostly about 
her father raping her because we all love that apparently. Oh, Ozai wasn't evil enough. What can we do to make him even worse? Oh, I know. What if we made him a sexual predator? Wow. Oh, genius. If there is one thing I can appreciate about Passion Works, it is that this isn't porn. It's not really graphic. The fics are about Azula's internal state more than they are about her relationship with her father, though. As much as an irrational bitch I think Passionworks is, I'll admit that she's a pretty good writer, even though her writing gets so flowery sometimes to the point where it just sounds fucking pretentious. Like, especially when she's simultaneously pushing her agenda on you. This is really some propaganda shit, and you notice that especially after reading her bio, which is probably what pisses me off so fucking much and oh it's not disgusting for a man to rape his daughter because it's one man and one woman so this fic it's a one word thing i uh i'm not very familiar with that type of fic but it means 50 sentences for 50 prompts that are all one word prompts it's not very graphic for the most part, which is nice, but you know, it's mostly about her getting raped and manipulated and how it's a sustained relationship that's been going on for quite some time with her father. The words go in alphabetical order and I'm gonna touch on a few of them. One of them is apples. Like, okay, I don't really know how you could work that into a story about getting raped, but like, she compares uh, the apple to a female body, so you guys gotta use a fucking S word right off the bat. She's like, the core of the apple is my uterus, and the seeds are seed. Ew. I think it was pretty forced. But this bitch really likes the S word though because it's a fancy word for cum and she has to write fancy and can't just say like pornographic stuff like just say cock like that sort of thing. It's nasty. Don't say seed. There is something kind of weird and contradictory in here though where he's like Haha, a servant walked in on us fucking but I had him killed. And then they also say that incest is still accepted in a Fire Nation society even though they're relatively advanced whereas you know other peasant societies, barbarians. Incest is not okay. Incest is not okay in any society though. And don't use that royalty excuse on me. So this whole time, Chan, her secret boyfriend, who knows how they get to keep meeting up, probably because it was like, it's just like, oh, go travel the world and conquer some cities for me, that's what I'm talking about. Who am I gonna fuck while you're gone? I don't know, I guess I'll just jerk off into a mirror. Now, say what you will about him, but clearly Ozai knows how to use birth control. I mean, in this fic, at least. Like, the only fic he knows how to. Uh, that's the story for another day, guys. But she gets pregnant from her secret boyfriend not once, but twice. First, they all wait for it to be born, and then it gets mysteriously poisoned, like, a month later. And, and then when they fuck after that, he's like, let's make our rightful heir to the throne this time. Like, uh, no thanks. No more of this, please. Thank you. Seriously, like, an abortion would have saved everyone a lot of trouble. Let's be real. And I mean, all three parties involved here. Oh, it's a little chat, and it was like... Oh, we'll get to the pro-life propaganda, though, in the next fic, though. Believe me, I'm gonna be screaming. So one of these prompts was head. It says that her baby that they all went through the trouble of letting just a came out head first whereas an obvious sentence for this word would be about her given head i'm real missed opportunity i think but you know there's already another sentence about her sucking her dad's dick which is more than enough for me 
Whenever I do think about this author's OTP, I imagine Chan meeting her dad because he didn't know who she really was when they were together for like brief second during the show, but she would have to introduce them and he'd be like, oh fuck, oh fuck no, I can't believe, that's your dad? Imagine a normal ass dad being worried of his daughter's boyfriends, but like, oh, this motherfucker is literally the last person I want to cross. But she is more than capable, and Ozai also knows this, of beating Chan's ass if you were ever to fuck up. So that isn't even necessary for this situation to happen, but it's still kind of funny to me. So after the war is over, that motherfucker dies, and Azula gets to be with Chan, who is a fuckboy, but hey, when they have sex, it's very different from being raped. He's gentle, and it's consensual. The bar is low, guys. Ha <laughs> ha Then they try again to have a child, or maybe they don't try, it just kind of happens because they're having sex and don't know how to use birth control. Like, bro, she's 16 and mentally unstable. It's just a bad idea for her to be a mom. Let her recover at least and get a little older. Like, y'all write about her having kids, as one does in the world of fanfiction, but I, I can't see her as a mother at all. Maybe that's just me. I don't know, because it seems like y'all are into that. But let's get to the pro-life propaganda, guys. <laughs> because, uh, not Chan. Chan does not get her pregnant in this week. It's none other than the worst dad ever. And this one's about her miscarrying. Because it's a fucking incest baby and it wasn't meant to live. It was gonna be deformed, infertile, and mentally ill. And that's how incest babies are sometimes. There are a lot of complications during pregnancies when you have a fucking incest baby. Now, as I said, Passionworks doesn't like abortion because, you know, fucking non-sentient fetus is more important than the woman with a fucking life and responsibilities who would have to raise it. She openly admits that the meaning of existence here is pro-life propaganda, and she also says that both characters, Azula and Ozai, are out of character because, you know, they had to be for this propaganda to work. So she apparently gave this fic to her teacher to edit, which I think is weird as fuck. Like, no one in real life gets to read my fic unless I know and trust them very well. In fact, only a handful of people know that I have a podcast about weird porn. I mean, that's not the only thing we talk about on here, but that's a lot of it. Anyways, this is just a little, like, angstily holding a dead fetus. This is a long forward about how passion works is like a fucking clump of cells as a sentient being don't like, don't read. So why didn't Azula just abort the goddamn thing? She wanted to, but such performances of mass slaughter were still a new and dangerous technology. But we can, in this day and age, have perfectly safe abortions, so shut the fuck up, your reasoning is invalid. I get that we're trying to focus on the emotions of a miscarriage, and that even though she didn't want it and the circumstances surrounding its creation were terrible, she still feels a deep loss. Basically, now that she's lost the baby, she regrets that she wants to so selfishly abort it in the first place. Hey, uh, quick question, is it really selfish to not want your child to have a shitty and miserable life? People feel relieved when they get abortion. Stop trying to shove guilt and regret into it. That kid was gonna have a really bad life. Like, the best thing for it would have been to never have been born. I'm gonna read quote. I'm gonna scream a lot. I'm gonna have to take breaks to like hyperventilate. I hope y'all know that. So here we go. In her blood-soaked hands, she embraced the very being who had once been lulled to sleep by her own heart. She embraced the very creature who she had so selfishly begged to internally slay and discard like a hand-me-down. 
she had had her prayers granted and it only plagued her more fuck you passion works inside her head she almost wished she could regress to the very beginning of the, her term and request the risky abortion she had pondered a colder hand would have ended the life inside her not her own but then she could not put herself up to it at the time it would have been an unsafe investment performances of slaughter in that degree were fairly new in creation and still were anyways there had been a high chance that she would have died herself. Not that that had been her main concern, of course. She supposed now that she had made the right decision in neglecting her own upkeep to rid herself of the burden. But it conceived the impression that she was a murderess herself. No, this was not some ethereal impression. This was truth. She could not have weaved her way out of this with a fib, a lie, a pretense of incorruptibility. Even with her position in society, there was no erasing this disgrace. She had succumbed to an unspeakable lie. <sighs> bitch! You pretentious as bitch, Sarah! Are you, are you seriously trying to tell me that an incest rape baby with a mentally ill, psychotic teenage mother who has a totally fucked home life considering she still seems to be living with her rapist and abuser? You're telling me that shouldn't be aborted? She is in no fucking place to have another human being totally dependent on her. Are you saying that it would have made her a murderer to not want to have what have been a horrifically unfortunate child? Is that what you're saying, Pastor Work? Because fuck you! And the thing with incest babies, a lot of the time there are miscarriages and other issues in their development because they're incest babies. Fuck you. So she goes to bury it in the woods or something where Ozai is for some reason. And, and eternally he's just like watching her from kind of afar or something creepily as he is wont to do. He's like, it was my child too. Maybe I shouldn't have raped her. Maybe that was a bad idea. Ah, uh, well. So she never told him about the pregnancy, but he knew anyways, because, you know, he has eyes, I guess. And this fucking bitch. This fucking bitch. He asked why she didn't tell him, and she says that it was none of his fucking business. Which is true, it's none of his fucking business. But I guess passion works here, thinks that this piece shit rapist should have a say in what happened to someone else's body. You know, the person who actually has to physically create and carry the fetus, whereas he had no connection to it, but a little squirt of sperm, and he very well might not have ever known about it in the first place, because that's how it is sometimes. Even if this was a consensual, not incestuous pregnancy, it would still be none of his fucking business. Fuck you, passion works. She also says, I'm too young to be a mother. And he's like, no, that's not how you feel. And she doesn't respond. Fuck you. I guess I have to give her a little credit because the bar is already so fucking low that he's like, you know, I guess I won't ask her to hold my dead daughter, granddaughter. Uh, well, it's both at the same time. Because I guess, yeah, it was more of her business than it was mine, but it was still kind of my business. Fuck you. Fuck you forever, you bitch. Passion works. Let's get back to what the bar of slow is all about, and that's weird porn. Not me screaming at homophobic pro-lifers, because this episode hasn't been very graphic so far, and I've been grateful for the fade-outs, but that's about to fucking change. So this next fic is by the same person who wrote The First Family of the Fire Nation that I covered at the end of the first fun for the whole family episode, and that was the threesome with Zuko, Azula, and Ursa, and it was scarring. So what does the Lord of Incest threesomes have for us today? 
more of Azula wanting to please her mom by being sexually submissive to her because fuck you. But hey, at least the last member of the threesome isn't Zuko or even Ozai or any other such family member. But we'll get back to that. Let us begin. It's after the war, Azula's in the prison, trying to learn how to be good. This fic is called Becoming a Good Girl, by the way, so that's what you're in for today. So she doesn't really have a lot of visitors, but the one she can always count on is good old mommy. She really looks forward to these visits, but she's too proud to admit it. So their visit starts off, as you might imagine, weirdly sexual. Ursa has brought along some supplies for her rehabilitation. A box full of things for a mother and daughter to enjoy on a warm Sunday afternoon. What do you think that would be if this was normal? Well, it's sex toys. It's sex toys. We skip forward to later in the afternoon. Azul is tied up and has a silk collar on and she's horny for mom. Though, you know, of course, try not to show it. And Ursa's like, I have a surprise for you, sweaty. And there's this weirdly meta moment where Azula says, more tawdry bubbles to violate your own daughter. And they call me the villain. And what are these tawdry bubbles? Anal beads, baby. <laughs> and they are, they're apparently custom made, by which I mean they have the family emblem on them and the, the Fire Nation ins insignia on them. Uh, what? I'm <laughs> he has custom made anal beads. Custom <laughs> made, bitch. <laughs> Oh my god, so they're having this fucking heart-to-heart -heart conversation, like, I don't blame you for anything that happened. You're my daughter, and I love you, and you're so strong. And while she's putting the beads up her ass, and she says, I promise to be a better mother, if you can be a good girl. What if I don't know how to be a good girl? You'll learn, after all. You're gonna be a mother soon, too. Uh, what? Where did that come from? Ursa has another surprise with her today because those anal beads weren't enough. The surprise she has is a person, and I guess it's who she plans on having father her grandchild. And who is it? It's June. Friggin' June with a big hard Fuda cock. <sighs> Fuck my life. Imagine meeting your mom's friend. This is how the scene should have went. This is my daughter, Azula. Azula, this is June from Book Club. Hey, nice to finally meet you. Your mom told me so much about you. This is how the scene actually goes. This is June. She's going to get you pregnant. What a way to introduce someone. <laughs> what a way to introduce them. <laughs> but the introductory banter here makes it clear that Ursula and June have indeed been fucking, which is, you know, kind of awkward if you ask me if your girlfriend has a child with your child, uh, and as well, it doesn't even get a choice in the matter. It's like, yep, you have a kid, and this is the father, and this, this poor girl is like, hold the fuck up, I already know you, you bounty hunter trash. She's having a lot of mixed feelings, including panic, but she's also aroused, because, you know, the, the food of cock. So then June fucks her hard, and mind you, she already has the anal beats up there, too. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ursa's just hugging June from behind and encouraging her. So the point is that uh, June owns Azul's ass, and Azul has to learn to be submissive, or is rather forced to in this case. So this bitch, this bitch leans over and whispers in Azul's ear, these balls wearing your mommy this morning. And taken out of context, it sounds like a yo mama joke. I, I can't, I can't. And she's like, you're both my knocked up royal sluts. I own you. And then Ursa's like, it's time to sit on my daughter's face because fuck you, I guess. 
And I guess that's no new experience to Azula. So she's like, I'm going to cope with being fucked by this stranger by eating my mom out. <laughs> and then Ursula and June complete the threesome by making out. And then everyone comes and squirts everywhere and they lick up the juices of their pleasure. This is the same person who wrote the sentence, Was there anything sweeter than sucking her brother's cum from her mother's pussy? What do you expect? It's one of the worst sentences I've ever read. So they finally pull the beads out of her ass, and June is like, She's already being a good girl. Look, she kept them warm for you, Ursa. So while Ursa's still sitting on her face, like, Azula has just a warm, fuzzy revelation. Like, ah, yes, I will be a good girl. A good girl for my mom. And a good girl for this random bitch who I guess is fathering my child? That was wild, I think. So here's a review of this that someone else left on the fic. As a psychology student, I'm genuinely horrified by Ursa's actions and seriously believe that Azula needs heavy counseling and the other two imprisonment in an asylum. As someone who appreciates literatica, though, all I can think of is how uncomfortably sticky my thighs are and how utterly hot this is. First of all, I don't think you need to be a psychology student to be horrified by this. You just have to have a smidgen of common sense and decency. What about this? As a normal fucking person, I was horrified by this. Also, someone came to this. No, you know, someone, this made someone come. Someone netted to this. Fuck everything. Like, this fic made my soul leave my body. My soul entered the astral plane, came down again, went down through the nine levels of hell, bounced back up through the nine levels of hell, and then returned to my body, but things have not been the same since then. But that was wild. I don't know why that exists either. So traditionally, we have ended the Fun for the Whole Family episodes on unholy incestuous threesomes, aka some of the most disturbing shit I've ever read and definitely the most disturbing shit I've seen for the Avatar fandom, at least so far. <laughs> but to my knowledge, there are fortunately no more of those. Uh, I guess the last fic we talked about is as close as we're going to get, but we're going to talk about something a little bit different today. And I'm still waiting for someone to write that foursome. Like, it's bound to happen sooner or later. Once someone writes the foursome, I can end this series. But today we're going to end on crack fic, which is less disturbing than everything else we've covered today due to its humorous nature, even though you, you can't really tell it's crack right away because it's still pretty graphic. Still, I think we all need something more lighthearted after the Fuda anal beads thing and me screaming about abortion. Okay, this fic takes place right at the beginning of season three, so Azuka's returned home after supposedly killing the Avatar, but he just feels kind of empty and like his life is a lie. So this seems really normal at first. Like, I forgot it was going to turn into incest for a moment. <laughs> the newspaper headlines are like, Avatar dead, fuck yeah, in the Fire Nation, and everyone's drunk and partying because of it, but Zuko's like, oh, no, my life is fake. I'm not happy. I thought I'd be happy, but I'm not. You know, like, he actually is in canon, but he's just angstily lying in bed one night when he sees his mother, and he's like, yep, I'm hallucinating or dreaming, I guess. But she climbs on him, and she's like, okay, can't be seen here, so I need to make this quick. And he's like, oh, fuck, she's real? She's here? So her titties are with those erect nipples are just so wonderful swaying in front of him that it turns him on and he gets rock fucking hard baby so we're off to a good start but yeah it turned into insist that's how it be sometimes and he's so aroused that he thinks his underwear is just gonna turn to ashes and it's unlike anything may can do for him so she is dying for that d i am crying she blows him and he's like oh fuck oh fuck mom mommy here's a quote 
<laughs> it's similar to the like heart to heart conversation uh, she had with Azula in the last fic while like doing sexual things to him. You're the heir to the throne of the Fire Lord, she reminded him as she pumps his cock. You're of the greatest firebending clan in the nation. She licked the head of his penis between points. He whimpered to respond. You're capable of great things, she reminded him, and you will burn to fucking ashes anyone who stands in your way. Thanks, Mom. And then here's this ending. Sleep well, my prince, Ursa said to the darkness as she strode away in the night. I love you so much, and don't forget who you are. She took another step, feeling a glob of semen falling from her thighs. My son, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> my god, I hate my life. And she, yeah, she just vanishes into the darkness. Like, imagine being Zuko and you wake up the next morning and you're like, did I dream that? But you're like, oh, I'm covered in cum? Was it a wet dream? But then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm naked. What the fuck? My long lost mother visited me and, and just so we could have sex? What the fuck? But anyways, and now it's time for the siblings to fuck for no particular reason. So Zuko just comes into her room, he's still naked, and they just start fighting for some reason, like wrestling, and she's also scantily clothed, so one thing leads to the next. She's like into him, I guess. Like, she didn't expect to be, but she is, and she's like, oh yes, he's naked, I like this. And they bone. Really violently. They have really- not even rough sex, they have violent sex vicious sex vigorous sex beyond vigorous she wants it hard and then things start breaking all around them because they're fucking so hard so it was <laughs> Zula can't control herself it's just breathing fire and shit and the room just ignites while they're just sitting there like after sex and Zuko's like hi i hope dad's insured and that's how the chapter ends like i think he had to have fire insurance like i'm sure a lot of shit burns over there <laughs> but flash forward so now Zula is just thinking about that wild, incestuous sex with her brother while Tylee eats her out, but nothing can compare to breaking the bed and setting the walls on fire because she got fucked so hard. Nothing can please her anymore. During this chapter, she has like another flashback to the sex. Like afterwards, she was like, oh fuck, what have I done? Get out of here, Zuko, none of this ever happened. And he's like, uh, what part never happened? The part where you came so hard, you melted the wall. And she's like, oh fuck you, leave. But in the present, she's sad because yeah, she isn't getting off. But Hailey has a suggestion and she just cheerily asks, why no, what if you with me? Would that make you feel better? So now it's after the show ends, the Fire Nation lost, Azul's in the asylum, and yeah, so on. Here's a shortened quote for you guys. The newspaper hit the asphalt with the boom of ages, signaling the dawn of a new era. An era after the last one, but not as far as Korra. The era was depicted by the headline, which is here. Avatar defeats Fire Lord Wah. It was true. Despite the people's baffled reactions, the young Avatar had triumphed. Good prevailed where evil had once stood tall, hope now shone where none could be found. And a somewhat weird thing with energy bending took place, and somehow made it to where a demagogue ceased to instill trouble in the world any longer because the firebending abilities he never used were now gone. Toph Beifong raises the newspaper high in the air, reading the headline for the others. Avatar defeats Fire Lord. Wah, she read. She skimmed the article further, getting to the good parts. Yada yada yada, brave efforts of the airbending master. Yada yada. Wait a minute. Sokka looked over her shoulder. Toph pushed him back before he could protest. Fuck logic, says Konitsuko. Toph read on. They'll watch Korra no matter how bad it gets. How are you reading this anyway, Sokka demanded. You're blind! 
But meanwhile, Azula's hanging out in the asylum, bored and miserable out of her mind, and Ursa materializes. <laughs> so like Zuko, she thinks that she's hallucinating, and she yells at her at one point, This is all your fault. You've ruined my life. Everybody betrayed me. I'm fed off with this world. And the fact that they quoted the room just made me so ridiculously happy. Like, I got way too excited when she said everybody betrayed me. I'm fed off with this world. <laughs> but then... Ursa hugs her, and then she just begins to feel at peace for once. And yeah, I guess it's incest time. These three might as well have an orgy. I think that would be fun for them. Fun for the whole family, one could say. That's actually why this series is called Fun for the Whole Family, because I guess orgies are like that, apparently. But the wholesome understanding that her mother really does love her gives way to lust. But like also wholesome understanding at the same time. She sees them as titties and she's like, oh yeah, mine, all oh, mine, and just shoves her face in there. Meanwhile, Ursa is silent, but she's also giving up like, oh, it's okay to explore vibes. So Ursa eats her out and it's wholesome, like as wholesome as I guess eating your daughter out could be. Like, yeah, wholesome family fun, tender moment. It's not even like sex, it's like being fixed. So then they scissor, and, like, scissoring doesn't actually work. I'll let you in on a little secret. It, yeah, it doesn't really do that much of anything. You, you, you can't orgasm like that. So, I'm gonna read a quote. Azula tasted ashes. She grit her teeth. The orgasm built slowly, coming in low but hard. It was powerful and explosive. And Azula opened her eyes to a room of blue fire and haze from her intoxicating climax. She watched as her mother held her close, kissing her neck before a backdrop of flame. I'm coming! I'm coming! And with that, Azula destroyed another wing of the palace. She stood in confusion at ground zero of an ashen crater where there had once been a dungeon at the center of a fortress, but now was only a rune of melted rebar and blasted rubble. They stared at the decimated walls for a moment before Azula tried to piece it all together. Wait, what? How can I still fire then? She brooded. The avatar took away my bending. How the fuck did my hair grow back? She demanded, running her hands over her now perfect hair, held in place with a gilded comb. When we are at our lowest point, her wise mother stated, we are open to the greatest- That's retarded, mom, Azula snapped. They stepped out of the smoldering rooms together. Azula stared naked into the open span of the Fire Nation, hiding her chest under her folded arms. Her mother was right behind her, nagging softly. Well, Azula, she asked, ready to make up with your brother now? Flames crested over Azula's tense shoulders. God damn it, she growled. Come on, let's go, Ursa urged on. Let's go. Azula took a fourth step under Ursa's pushing, then stepped on. I fucking hate fan fiction. That wasn't me saying I fucking hate fan fiction. She says that in the fan fiction, which is nice. Finally, some confirmation that this is crack. The next chapter follows up the last, by which I mean Azula indeed apologizes to her brother. By which I mean she blows him. Well, let's get an intro first, and here's a little quote. The life of a Fire Lord was a good one. Zuko had never had it easier. There was all the best food at his fingertips. The girls threw themselves at him, and he never had to pour his own wine, and he could point at anyone and have them killed. He crossed his arms behind his head and chewed slowly on a grape, feeling it burst over his molars. That's a really weird way to describe eating food, feeling it burst over your molars. He goes to the throne room to chill, when who shows up very scantily clad but Azula. She drops to her knees and says, Hellfire Lord Zuko, before sucking his dick. She's in the midst of it, she's like, a nut on my face, brother. Would that make you happy? Would you like to nut on my face, 
brother which he does he does not on her face because fuck you and then some, some guards walk in on them fucking on the throne and one of them is a newbie while the others are like used to this shit from Ozai's reign and his boudoir escapades of the past era and Zuko's just like close the door and kill the new guy and they continue fucking and it fucking ends oh my god I'm not sure how I feel about this I appreciate the humor value but it was still gross <laughs> Uh, still way less upsetting than the rest of this episode though so that was nice <laughs> so today we covered daddy's promise by princess underscore claire underscore fay and somewhere underscore in underscore time we covered bloodstone by christer underscore blue and blue is spelt b-l-e-u we covered control and the meaning of existence by passion works fucking bitch and then we covered becoming a good girl by drace domino and we lastly we covered zuko's homecoming by silhouette of scribe bar is low who's on instagram you can find us at the bar is low with an underscore in between each word or should i say the underscore bar underscore is underscore low I'm your pal Wenshikasthodicus, and this is The Bar is Low. Thank you for joining me, and that's all for today.